Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And last big sinkhole we're going to have in San Antonio. You've got nothing coming. Good morning. It's 5.07 and oh yeah. I mean, they have not been taking care of the infrastructure in San Antonio for a long, long time. And that's a pipe failure over there, a drainage pipe failure. Caused a huge sinkhole at Culera and General McMullen. And so, yeah, avoid that area this morning if you can. Uh, there's Don, there's Jimmy, there's Elaine. And the phones are always open at 210-599-5555. You may either or either, have you prefer to say it, uh, call or text. I like talking to you. So if you want to give me a call, 210-599-5555. Prop A in San Antonio. Let's, go, let's jump right in. Let's go back to Sunday morning, early. Compton, California. A large group of people blocking an intersection as part of a street takeover, showing cars drifting in circles, screeching around. Greg Johnson, a lifelong resident, said it's unbelievable, unreal. I've never seen anything like this happen here. What? What happened was they went into an Arco, uh, you know, those are kind of like a Circle K 7-Eleven thing. And they put hundreds of people inside of this store. They broke down the front door. They broke down the glass of the front of the store. People were crowding around the entrance. A clerk hid in the bathroom as the looting continued. Once inside, they were stealing everything they could get off of the shelves, particularly paying attention to condoms and cigarettes. I guess they had a big night planned. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department said products collectively worth thousands of dollars were stolen and that the store suffered serious damage. Here's the point that it needs to be made about Prop A in San Antonio. Deputies at the Compton Station were responding to incidents throughout the night, but police said they are currently limited with their staffed personnel. Bottom line is, because of safety reasons, because the police would have been outnumbered, they were not sent to respond to this situation at this corner store where this this robbery, theft, and, and looting happened. Prop A in San Antonio will demoralize the police, effectively reducing the numbers on the San Antonio police force. It's already going on. And I've had a number of them contact me and tell me they're going to hit the road if this thing passes in San Antonio. So if this thing passes in San Antonio and as many police as contacted me are going to leave, then you're going to see this type of situation happen because the police, is they're not going to send officers into a situation where they are going to be outnumbered and not be able to hold their own. So you're going to see a lot of this happening here in San Antonio if Prop A passes. In another city where they have a Prop A type amendment, that's Portland, Oregon. How many things have we told you about Portland lately, from Cracker Barrel to Walmart and everything else in between leaving? 2,600 businesses leaving Portland in just a couple of months' time, the beginning of this year. Now we've got another one, REI Sporting Goods. They've been in business in Portland for over 20 years. Closing due to break-ins and theft, our people and customers are not safe, they said in their announcement. 
basically in New York City, where they have a Prop A type situation, we're soft on crime, we look the other way, we cite and release, and blah, blah, blah. Most of the theft that has happened there has come from just 327 people. That's a third of all shoplifting arrests in New York City have involved just 327 people. How many shoplifting crimes are we talking about? We're talking about 6,000 arrests for shoplifting among 327 people. Now, that's, that's how many times they were arrested. They, they, they performed, surely they performed other uh, shoplifting incidents, but they were not arrested. And they just really don't care. Democrats, who are backed by George Soros, have all but decriminalized shoplifting as they're working to do right here in San Antonio. By the end of 2022, the theft of items valued at less than $1,000, because that's their limit in San Antonio at $750, had increased 53% since 2019, major commercial locations, according to a new analysis of police data from John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Over the past five years, shoplifting complaints have doubled, peaking at 64000 the police cannot do anything about it. They're impotent to try to stop it. Arrests mean nothing. Those people are back out on the streets in no time. 327 people arrested on average of 18 times each for shoplifting. Arrests merely represent the times the 327 were caught. How many times did they actually do it and they weren't caught? We don't know. The answer is obviously to put those 327 in prison, not to let them go as Javier wants to do. And as Ron wants to do, and the rest of the city council wants to do, the 327 account for nearly a third of the arrests of 6,000 shoplifting incidents in New York City. The end game is obvious. I mean, you know, they want to chase decent people out of the cities, uh, consolidate their power into an absolute power, enrich themselves from the public trough. They're doing it here in San Antonio as well. As we've seen over and over, the immediate result of this is retailers forced to leave, as I was just telling you about the sporting goods store in Portland. And I'm telling you, Prop A passes, business is going to leave San Antonio. It will leave San Antonio. Police officers are going to leave, and 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 when they do, business is going to leave. But you know what? San Antonio's a blue city. It's as blue as they come. And blue city voters keep voting for the madness. They want to live like prisoners in their own homes in San Antonio, Texas. They love failing schools in San Antonio, Texas. They love street gangs and streets filled with needles and crap. Boarded up stores and mass shootings, car theft and vandalism and anarchy. They love that stuff in San Antonio. As they are now leading in this effort to pass Prop A in San Antonio... And to get this done and to bring sure crime, rise in crime and destruction to what once was a very beautiful city. We still have the chance of turning this around and making sure this does not come, become a reality. We have to stand up. We have to fight back. We have to turn out. We have to speak to people in our circle of influence. Folks, with as much talking as, as I do about this and as you do about it, believe me when I tell you. There's a lot of people, the vast majority of San Antonians, in fact, have no idea what's going on here. And yes, the pulpits across San Antonio should be preaching about it. Look, if it wasn't for the church being involved, you wouldn't have a country, okay? 
And it's very biblical for the church to be involved. If you read the Bible, you can see the church being and, and, and prophets being dispatched to speak to the public and to public leaders all throughout the Bible. It's time for the church to do that. It's time for other organizations to stand up, the San Antonio Board of Realtors, and on and on. It's time for us to come together and stand up and push back because, you know what, we don't have to try to figure out how this is going to go. We can see it in other cities. No, you don't have to do a test run. No, we don't have to do research. No, we don't have to do anything other than look at these other cities and know what has happened in these other cities is going to come to San Antonio. Hey, where's Joe? After the the, uh, disastrous Ireland vacation, Joe and the crackhead, crackhead got home Friday night. Yesterday morning, now he wasn't seen all weekend. Yesterday morning, before the day even got started, the White House called a lid. So they're calling lids now before he even makes it to work in the morning. Which means Joe is not involved in the process of running our government. He's not. It's Susan Rice who's taking her orders from Barack Obama and Valerie Jarrett. That's how this country is being run right now. You're living the third term of Barack Hussein Obama and all the radicals that he could muster. And Joe Biden is not involved in this thing. He is a puppet. And they're calling lids before he even gets out of bed. You know why? Because they don't want him anywhere near a microphone or a camera. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Going to be breezy today. Speaking of Twitter, Elon was on uh, again with Tucker Carlson last night. He's going to be on again tonight. It was fantastic. Uh, First thing was he was talking about Twitter. Let me just get that out of the way real fast. And how basically Twitter was being used as a machine for propaganda by uh, arms of our government, institutions in our government. And that they were looking at people's private information. And they were looking at their DMs, which is when you talk to somebody privately, you thought you were talking to them privately, but you're not. Elon is coming up with a new encryption device that even if you, he said, he said, even if you hold a gun to his head, He wouldn't be able to tell you what's in somebody's DM. Let's see if that uh, turns out to be true and how that's actually going to work. He's a smart guy, man. It was just amazing listening to him and Tucker go toe-to-toe. He also said he was asked by Tucker about uh, cutting 80%. He fired, or they left, 80% of the staff. Here's cut one. What percentage of your staff did you fire at Twitter? One of the great business stories of the year. (laughs) I think we're about we're about twenty uh, percent of uh, the original size. Uh, so eighty percent left. Uh, yes. So I mean, a lot of people voluntarily. Sure, sure, sure. But but it's eighty percent are gone from the day that's, you took that's over. That's correct. Yes. So how do you run the company with only twenty percent of the staff? Uh, it turns out uh, you don't need uh, that, well, that many people to run Twitter. But eighty percent—that's a lot. Um, yes. Uh, over. I mean, if you're, if you're not trying to run some sort of uh, glorified activist organization uh, <laughs> with, with, and you don't care that much about censorship, then uh, you can really look up a lot of people, it turns out. That's good right there. That's it, man. <laughs> so Elaine's the only other one here right now that was here back when KTSA and KTFM were the only stations in the building. We're talking about 80s and 90s and a little bit of the 2000s. Uh, now we have like 8 to 10 radio stations here in the building. 
and we had a bunch of people here for two radio stations. Now, they were the, the most popular radio stations in this part of the country, but we only had two radio stations, and we had probably almost more than double the staff that we have now. And a lot of that has to do with technology, and when I get here, there's nobody here for those 8 to 10 radio stations. Uh, I turn all the lights on and wake everything up <laughs> and clean up from the night before. That Riccardi boy, he's a partier in here, isn't he? No, he doesn't come to work anymore. He stays home. But anyway, um, things have definitely changed a lot. And Elon is right. If you're not trying to run some sort of activist government propaganda machine, you don't need all of those people. In fact, he was saying when he got there, he said, what are you people doing? You're not building cars or rockets. So what are you doing? And what they were doing were was they were censoring conservatives. That's what they were doing. And he said, if you're not going to censor people, then you don't need all that staff. And he's right. Now, the other part of the interview last night was on AI. One of the gifts, and it's a blessing and a curse, that my dad gave me was to be a futurist to think ahead. His dad was an inventor of many, many things and a wonderful engineer. And he passed that on to my dad and then on to me in, in terms of being somebody who can look at what's happening now and think about, wow, what's going to happen in the future if this, if that, and so on. My wife calls it borrowing trouble. <laughs> Just borrowing trouble, man. But I do. I, I think 10, 15, 20 years down the road on all this stuff, right? So months ago, I started to talk about AI and I know, like, sometimes when I'm talking to Sean during Where and Rhyme, his eyes kind of glass over about it, you know. He kind of goes, ah, I'm tuning out now. And I know other people feel that way as well, and I get it. I understand, because it's hard to wrap your mind around how much AI is going to affect and change our lives. I said yesterday, in the past 20 years between the, the phone and, and the Internet and all that, that was the biggest impact on our lives as, as humanity. AI is going to blow that away. And Elon talked a lot about that last night. He talked about how Google co-founder Larry Page called him a specious. A specious. Why? Because when they were living together and Elon was talking about AI, Elon created it, by the way. And it was supposed to be nonprofit, and it was supposed to be so that they could see what was going on with it. And uh, Google co-founder Larry Page looked at him and said, when, when Elon said, hey, I want to protect humanity, what are we going to do to protect humanity out of all this? And Page said, well, you're just a specious, which means <laughs> it's more like a racist. It's like, okay, so um, it, it's a bad thing to care about humans. <laughs> it's a bad thing. And that Page wants to create a digital god. Now, they call it singularity. Ray Kurzweil wrote a book called The Singularity is Near. The singularity is where man and machine meld together. Human life irreversibly transformed by technology that's smarter than humans. Now, Page started a company years ago that is, is bent on ending death to seek eternal life outside of God himself. Sundar Pichal, who was on 60 Minutes the other night, said AI is more profound than fire or electricity. That it will be more powerful in our lives and more profound in our lives than fire and electricity. 
And he said, as Elon said last night with Tucker, there's got to be regulation. You're going to need laws. There have to be consequences for creating deep fake videos. That's that porn stuff I've been telling you about. But also they're going to be creating deep fakes with politicians and you someday. It's going to cause harm to society. Now, that's what Pachal says. He's the Google uh, CEO. Just to boil it down, man has created a living being. Now, when God created living beings, meaning you and me, Adam and Eve, he breathed his soul into human beings. So we have a soul, which means we have a conscience. We know right from wrong. C.S. Lewis said it in Mere Christianity very well. But now man has created a living being in AI that has no soul, and you can't put a soul in it. All you can do is make sure you don't personalize it. You don't name it. You don't give it a personality. Don't call the robot that sucks the stuff up off your floor, the Roomba. Don't call it a name. Don't give it a personality. Treat it as a machine, not a living thing. The minute you start treating this as a living thing is the minute it begins to grow. And Elon was talking about that last night. We have created something that hones in itself and makes itself better and better than human beings. Now, Google owns one AI system, Microsoft the other, and Elon is working on a third-choice truth GPT that will be one with, with humanity in mind. It's incredible to see where we are with AI, and when you hear somebody like Elon Musk talk about it like he did last night, I'm, I'm hoping that people will begin to let their eyes unroll from the back of their head and start to think about how this is going to affect our lives and be a big, big, big changer in no time at all. I think by this time next year, we're going to be sitting here with a lot of stuff different in our lives based on AI and its advancement in just one year. Back in a second, Trey Ware, KTSA. I don't know anybody that... Favorite podcast. So the other night, a woman's driving along in South Texas, and she's pulled over by DPS Trooper. She gets out of the car, 38 years old, and she looks at the trooper and she says, Hey, man, you are pretty. You real handsome. Trooper said, Okay, who are those other two women in the car over there? Yeah, no, this was a human smuggling operation. And she thought she was going to be able to get out of it by by flirting with the DPS trooper. Thank God he didn't file for debate, right? And uh, she's in jail or was in jail. I don't know what her current status is. And what happens is these women are picked up at these state ha- stash houses over in Mission. They're brought in, and they are distributed throughout the country to be sex slaves, sex workers, and house cleaners, basically. That's what it is. They have to work out their, their debt to the uh, to the cartels. Uh, this is this is all because Joe Biden opened the border when he became president. And since that time, about 8 million people have joined us here in the United States illegally. And they're all wards of the state. They're all reliant on the taxpayers of America. And guess what? Title 42 is going away in May, and there's more than 42,000 waiting on the other side of the border to cross on over. Joe Biden should have been impeached the first day he made this move because this is a an attack on our national sovereignty. He's attacked our sovereignty on a number of fronts. The biggest threat we have to national security is the Biden administration. 
But by opening our southern border and our northern border, by the way, but our southern border primarily, they have imported about 8 million people since Joe Biden became president. We have no idea who they are, where they came from, or why they are here. We know that a bunch of Chinese nationals are coming in, and I'm going to get to that here in the next couple of minutes. Many times they come here seeking a a better life, and they're sold into sex, slavery, and drug uh, muling, as it's called, carrying fentanyl to kill our kids, which originates in China, of all places. You see, Joe is compromised by China, and so he has sold us out. His administration has sold us out. In fact, let's talk about that for just a couple of seconds, because he he probably would have never been president had not a couple of things happened. First of all, the Democrats cheated with covid it did mail-in balloting, which they filled out lines on these ballots, and they did this ballot harvesting thing and all that. We know those that's a fact. We know that went on because we have the testimony on that. But the other thing that is super important is they uh, crap-canned the, the laptop from hell, and more than 70% of Biden voters said they would have never voted for him had they known about the laptop from hell. But guess how that got put away? 51 of our intelligence officers from the intelligence community, IC as it's called, 51 wrote a letter saying, hey, it's Russian uh, misinformation. There, There is no laptop. There is no nothing like that. It's Russian misinformation that we're talking about here. That's what the deal is. This is not real. There is no laptop. It's Russian misinformation. And if you remember, the FBI went and visited with Mark Zuckerberg and told Zuckerberg, because he admitted this to Joe Rogan, uh, listen, you're going to be hearing about a, a, a laptop. It's not real. It's, it's Russian misinformation. And then 51 of our intelligence officers, John Brennan, James Clapper, all those guys, they, they signed on to this letter. Well, guess what that letter got started? Does anybody want to know? Yeah, there's a short sound coming through. Is there a pot up or something? Um, it came from Mike Morell. Mike Morell wanted to be the CIA head under Joe Biden's administration. So Mike Morell, before the election, went to Anthony Blinken, today's Secretary of State. And said to Anthony Blinken, hey, listen, that laptop, it sure does sound like Russian misinformation, doesn't it? Wink, wink, nod, nod. Anthony Blinken, working for the Biden campaign, then went and rounded up those 51 and got them to sign that letter. The letter came from the Biden campaign, not from the intelligence community. The Biden campaign, election interference. They all should be arrested for election interference, all of them. How do we know this? Well, the committee headed up by Jim Jordan has uncovered all of this stuff. Now, let's talk about how that dovetails and the election dovetails and what's going on at the border dovetails into the arrests that were made in New York yesterday with a couple of people allegedly running a police station for the Chinese in New York City. I told you about this last year, that these are all over the country. They call them police stations, but they're not. They're not here as a police station for the Chinese. But let's just go with that for a second, because that's the government line, and that's the Chinese line. Can you imagine us building a police station in Beijing, in China? It'd take about two seconds before the Chinese kicked us out and blew the thing up. It's not a police substation. It's not, and they're all over the country. They're not all over our country either. They're over Canada and Japan and Brazil and Spain. They're everywhere. You know what they are? They're spying locations. 
This is where the reporting happens from the people that are stationed all over the United States, some 400,000 of them. 350,000 of them are students. The rest of them have been flowing across our southern border. How many of those are spies? We do not know, but we do know that some of them are. And these aren't police stations that are set up by the Chinese here in the United States, although that's absurd enough to think the Chinese could set up police stations here in our country. That's absurd enough. You don't have another you don't have an outside country come in and set up a police you know, we don't have police stations in in other countries that's ridiculous that's not what this is this is where the spying network runs its business back to Beijing so they know they have a complicated and sophisticated system of spy networks throughout the United States which includes by the way when they fly balloons overhead that are reporting back to Beijing they know exactly what's happening here in our country at all times but you know you know, nothing's going to be done about it. As House Committee Oversight Chairman James Comer pointed out yesterday, the number is now up to nine. Nine from the Biden family. If you remember a month ago, he announced that there were three in the Biden family that ended up with a ton of money from China. And now we're up to nine members of the Biden family who have been paid off by China. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. This is Dr. Mark Howe. 550 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. The number to say the pledge is 210-654-5155. That's 210-654-5155. It's a voicemail. Just leave the pledge on there and then listen for yourself on the radio. And thank you very much for doing that. 550 now, Trey Ware, KTSA. So there's no doubt in my mind that Governor Ron DeSantis, and I'm a fan, and that gets me crossways with some MAGA people, but that's okay. I think Ron DeSantis is doing what's good. I think he's doing a lot of great things down in Florida. I don't know why he's crossways with Trump or Trump is crossways with him other than they're competing for the uh, for the for the nomination on the Republican side. But whatever. I mean, I, I just think he's done some some really good things. And one of the things that he did in Florida years ago, about five decades or so, when they decided they were going to build Disney World down there, it was nothing but swampland when the Disney folks came in. And Florida was, you know, thinking about what can we do with this swampland? There's not much, you know, we can do. So Walt Disney and that project started and then he died shortly thereafter, but they decided, well, here's what we're going to do is, uh, we're going to build an entertainment theme park out of here that's, you know, a million times the size of Disneyland because we're landlocked at Disneyland. And Florida said, yes, please, thank you, all right, yay. And it worked out great for Florida. Worked out great for Disney, too, because Disney got to be autonomous. They got to operate without the state, and they kept all their money and their tax receipts, and they ran their own stuff, had their own fire department and everything. And then Disney got all woke under Bob Iger. It's been going on for a while, but under Bob Iger, he really took it to the woke phase. And really started to do some stupid woke stuff. And then he left, and the guy behind him was not as woke, but, you know, he it was too late. It was The, the woke was already out of the, the bag as far as Disney was concerned, and they're a far leftist, uh, traditional family-hating organization now who is totally woke. And so, um, you know, they, they, they started to get involved in politics in Florida by saying that children ought to be taught that, you know, three, four years old, it's okay to have sex, it's okay to, to be uh, a, a boy can be a girl, and all this nonsense. And moms and dads in traditional families pushed back, and the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said, no, we're not going to go there. 
And Disney gave them the finger and said, yes, we are, because we, we want to push this trans nonsense. And trans, trans is a lie. It's not truth. And if you support it in any shape, form, or fashion, you're supporting a lie. And so anyway, long story short, they shut down the Reedy Creek District, which was uh, Disney World's uh, free ticket without having to pay taxes or anything. They, just, they were their own country within their, within their bounds over there. And they shut that down and appointed a state board over them. So now Iger is pushing back against that state board and is ignoring what they're telling Disney World that they should be doing as a good corporate citizen of Florida. Iger's pushing back, saying we're not going to do that, this, that, and the other. And he's basically the, the board that was appointed by the state is rendered has been rendered ineffectual. So along comes Ron DeSantis. He's not a weak-kneed, limp-wristed little boy of a, of a governor. He's going to play this game as long as you want to play it. And you know what he said? He said, you know what? We got land that's right next to Disney World. Why don't we just build a state prison next door to Disney World? Why not? Because you want to kill the, the property values for anybody? You want to destroy property values? Build a state prison right next door. I'm talking about a Huntsville-style execution, you know, bad guys of bad guys. That's where Bundy would have ended up in florida why not let's play this game for as long as you want to disneyland in california by the way has announced its first ever official pride night coming up in june mickey and minnie will be dressed in rainbow costumes for pride anheuser-busch has been in the news for the same crapola pushing the lie instead of the truth that this Dylan mulvaney's girl anyway Stephen Miller and his organization, American First Legal, has now filed a lawsuit against Anheuser-Busch, not in relation to Dylan Mulvaney, but the lawsuit has to do with, apparently, Anheuser-Busch, if you check the boxes, if you're black, if you're gay, if you're uh, transsexual, transgender, all that kind of crap, if you're all that stuff, if you check boxes, if you're Corrine Jean-Pierre, black woman, lesbian, then they at Anheuser-Busch, they take you and they push you to the top of their organization, and white guys get passed over. It's an equal opportunity employment uh, issue that they're violating that over at Anheuser-Busch, and they're being sued for it right now. Meanwhile, California Democrats, Ted Lieu, Mark T- uh, Ticano, uh, Judy Chu, and Adam Schiff all got together for this stupid publicity stunt of a photo where they're pretending to be standing there with a Bud Light beer drinking and talking to each other on the House floor with a Bud Light beer. The thing is just, it, it's just stupid, but what do you expect? Speaking of stupid, I got to talk about the Blue Jays player Anthony Bass. His wife, Sidney Ray Bass, was on an airplane with her two-year-old daughter during flight. Her sister is Jesse James Decker, country music singer and star, who married a football NFL guy. So, they, you know, they're all pretty famous and all that kind of stuff. Well, Mr. Anthony Bass, the baseball player for the Toronto Blue Jays, doesn't think that his wife should have to pick up after their two-year-old. The pictures are all over the Internet if you want to see them. But on, during the flight, the two-year-old sat there with her laptop or whatever it was she had, her iPad, I don't know, whatever it was, her device, watching movies and all that, eating popcorn and spilling and throwing popcorn all over the floor of the airplane. 
And at the end of the flight, the flight attendant came up to Anthony Bass's wife, Sidney Ray Bass, the sister of Jesse James Decker, and said, hey, your, your daughter made a mess down there. You need to get down there and clean that mess up. And she lost her mind and told her husband about it, or told Jesse James Decker about it. She also tweeted. Then Anthony Bass tweeted, you shouldn't make my wife get down and pick up a mess that my daughter made. Oh, I guess what would have been better is if they would have made your daughter get down there and pick up her own popcorn, which is exactly, sir, what your wife should have done. That's not the job of flight attendants. Your wife should have said she was two years old. She's old enough. Get down there and pick that popcorn up. Get down there and pick that popcorn up. And if she's not old enough to figure that out and you haven't taught her well, at two years old she ought to be able to figure that out. She's over two. But if not, then you get down there and you pick up after your child. Flight attendants are not there to be your stinking maid. That's not your house. If you want to do that at your house and allow your daughter to to drop popcorn all over the house, and I, I doubt very seriously Anthony Baths allows that in his house, why should why should United Airlines allow it on their airline, on their airplane? Your kid makes a mess, you clean up after your kid, or you make your kid clean up after him. Because you're teaching a principle. But it's not the flight attendant's job. She's there to make sure you have a reasonably comfortable flight across the country. Not to clean up your crap after you're done. Talk about another one of these sports figures. Obviously, a bunch of uh, privileged people who live in a different world than the rest of us do. And, oh, I don't have to clean that up. My wife shouldn't have to clean that up. My daughter shouldn't have to clean that up. That's the job of somebody who's working for the airline. My foot. That's not their job. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Constant tooth pain is no fun at all. It affects 50 KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware. Now on FM 1071. Almost five decades. <laughs> Time's getting away, baby. Good morning. It's a beautiful day. We got a chance for rain in our forecast, but we've had some great weather here the past a uh, couple of days, so a couple of days worth of rain off and on will be nice to have. I've spent a lot of time here on the show talking about Prop A, and I'm not going to stop. We're going to talk about Prop A until the election is held because we need to continue to influence our people around us, as many as we can. Because i got to tell you, for as much as I've talked about it here on this segment almost daily now, and in other segments as well, and being guests on other shows, too, to talk about this, very few people in San Antonio really know what's going on. And I continue to bring you stories like the story from Sunday morning in Compton, California, where a large group of Hellions showed up at a store. It's, it's called Arco. It's kind of like a you know, Valero corner store or Circle K 7-Eleven type stuff. Broke the front door down. There's hundreds of them. Broke the glass front of the store in. Went in and just started robbing stuff, taking everything that they could get. Thousands and thousands of dollars. The police didn't send anybody out there because they knew they would have been outnumbered. There would have been more of the bad guys than the cops, and that's really important when you consider Prop A in San Antonio. Remember what I've been telling you. The whole intent of Prop A, the destruction of the crime, is all at one thing, and that is to fulfill the promise to Black Lives Matter that we're going to demoralize the police and get rid of them. And I can't tell you how many officers have contacted me privately and told me, hey, we're out. If Prop A passes, I quit. I'm moving on. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm not going to put up with this. I'm not going to have a social justice director as my boss. Now, business is also an issue. I've told you about the San Antonio Riverwalk. We have a huge tourism industry in San Antonio. 
but you want to destroy that tourism industry, you let crime escalate down on the San Antonio Riverwalk and empty those stores and those restaurants out down there because somebody can walk in and steal up to $750 or have a meal up to $750, not too hard to do on the San Antonio Riverwalk, and not have to pay for it. And I've showed you many examples of cities around this country where this has been the situation. The most recent example, Portland, Oregon, lost a bunch of Walmarts. Now, REI Sporting Goods, they've been in business in Portland, Oregon for more than 22 years. They're leaving. Why? Too many thefts, too many break-ins. Crime is out of control. In New York City, just 327 shoplifters, 327 people are responsible for more than a third of the 6,000 shoplifting incidents in New York City. So what it says is, each of them have been arrested 18 times, and they keep going back and doing it and doing it. Why? Because they don't get in trouble for it. Nothing ever happens to them because they keep it under the dollar limit. And in New York City, it's $1,000. In Los Angeles, the mayor out there, Karen Bass, is now calling to refund the police because it's out of control in Los Angeles. So my point is, we don't have to guess how this is going to go in San Antonio. We know. The evidence is all over this country that have put in charter amendments just like our Prop A here. Now, one of our blessings in our business community in San Antonio, one of the smartest business people that I know of in San Antonio, is Katie Harvey. She is the CEO, the founder of KGB Texas Communications. She's also the chair of the board of the San Antonio Chamber of Commerce, and I know she's one of the smartest business people because I've known her for a long time. But she's also smart enough to hire a good friend of mine, the smartest man in Texas, and that's Jonathan Gerwitz. Katie, good morning to you. Good morning, Trey. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to have you on the show this morning. Uh, Thanks for having me. Your thoughts on, on Prop A. I, I saw a San Antonio Business Journal article that had you quoted in there, so t- tell us what you think about this. Well, gosh, I have I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, I mean, to your point, Trey, um, we don't want to be, we don't want to become like some of these other cities. Um, we're special. We're very unique, San Antonio, and you know, even just looking at the deceptive nature of the way that the signatures were, were gathered on this, the 20,000 signatures, you know, leading with, you know, do, do you want to decriminalize marijuana? You know, do you want to decriminalize this, that, and the other? And people are like, yeah, yeah, oh, that sounds good to me. But until you get into this and really look at what makes, the, what makes up this proposition, and then people are like, wait a minute, you know, no, I, I, don't, I don't want to decriminalize um, sets of, you know, property less than $750, uh, graffiti, those types of things. I mean, you even look at the, at the campaign finance report, the, the address for this campaign is out of Austin. Right. It's, 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 it's just, it's, it's a very, very bad thing for San Antonio. We, we don't even have to go to, like, San Francisco or Seattle. And those are places that I went to to see the effects of this, and it's insane. We can just look at Austin, and I've had the uh, president of the Retired Police Officers Association on with me. Dennis Ferris is his name. We had him on a couple of weeks ago to talk about what's going on in Austin. It's horrific. They, you know, they, they actually defunded their police up there, and now they can't catch up, and, and crime is out of control because of a Prop A-type charter amendment like what they're trying to push through in san antonio and you're absolutely right people who are heading this up are out of austin texas and and they've got their own motives and, and everything else but katie in order for business to be able to survive and thrive in san antonio we have to have strong policing we cannot demoralize our police force and decimate our police force we have to have 
a couple of things for business to be here, and you can speak to this a, a lot better than I can, but you've got to have a great uh, educa- educated base that you can uh, draw your employees from, but also you have to know that your business is going to be safe at all times, and your employees and your customers are safe. That's right. And, you know, you, you spoke about Walmart and some of the larger big box stores, but, you know, here in San Antonio, so many of our small businesses and those that are going to be impacted by something like this, if it passed, are first-generation immigrants. Those are a lot of our shop owners, a lot of our convenience store owners. And when I, you know, listen to the fact that, the you know, the way that it is with, with uh, the way the incarceration is, is that it's discrimination against minorities. But what about the victims of these crimes? that have come here to make a life, they've opened up a small business, opened up a shop, and they're going to be victims, just as you said, of tireless, over and over um, criminals breaking and entering their stores and, and stealing their property, and they're not going to be able to stay in business. It is the absolute wrong way for San Antonio to go. Um, and I hate to see the fact that it's even on the ballot and that this even going to be a choice, but it is. You know, those are the cards that, we, that we've been dealt uh, and we've got to wake people up and make people understand. And and it, with as much as I've been talking about it here on the show, um, it's still to the point where every day I meet people that don't even know this is going on. I had a, a caller the other day, last week, who told me that he's talking to his circle of influence, and he was telling his barber about it and said that somebody can come in here and get their haircut, $40, $50 haircut, and walk out and not pay, and it's not a problem. And so his barber started to tell the other barbers in there, hey, look, this is what's going on. They had no idea. They, they, they didn't even know this was happening. Right. Right. I mean, there's going to be places where they're going to require a credit card to be put down Correct. and you know, insurance ahead of time before you sit down and, and have dinner. You know, one of the other things I just want to touch on, too, that is, is just heartbreaking is, you know, San Antonio is an outlier when it comes to domestic violence, when it comes to mental health, when it comes to homelessness. And this site and release takes away the tools of the officers Correct. to be able to address those types of critical problems that we have in our community. So in addition to business and in addition to theft, just those three things that we struggle with as a community, uh, we're, we're taking away the tools that our law enforcement has to address those critical issues. And, and it's being done by design, Katie, because the original plan behind this was to you couldn't defund the police, so you had to, because the business community wouldn't allow that to happen, so you got to uh, demoralize the police, which decimates them. In other words, if, if they can't make the decision there on the ground as to whether or not they should arrest this person, which it takes all the discretion away from the officer, they can't effectively do their job. And second of all, there's going to be a social justice director that's in charge of the police department, even over the chief of police, Bill McManus, and will make the decisions on how and, and when and where the, the department goes. And and I've been contacted by a ton of, of Leo in the city who have said, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to these bedroom communities. I'll go to Floresville mm-hmm. or Poteet or Helotus or somewhere and be a cop there. I'm not going to be a cop in this situation. And the whole point behind this with Act for SA and the people who put this together was to run the police off. They are very publicly out there in, in wanting to get defunding and get rid of police departments in cities all across this country, and they're trying to do it here with Prop A, and that's why we got to stand up against it. Absolutely. I mean, and, and people, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, you know, it's just the numbers just really aren't that big. Well, that's not true. Oh, I man, mean, they're huge. They're, they're huge. Over 65% of criminals who are incarcerated would have been turned back out on the street. Yeah. So the numbers are, are huge. And to your point, you know, the, the demoralization of the uh, police officers is, is 
it's huge. Um, it, you know, for everyone, if if you want to learn more about um, Prop A, get well informed. It's safe.org. Um, we got some good information there. A lot of different folks that are talking about it, small business owners. But um, appreciate you having me on and, and being able to speak about this. Absolutely, Katie. And we'll do it again. Thank you very much for your time. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Trey. Take care. That's Katie Harvey, who is the CEO and and president, of course, of KGB Communications and chair of the board of San Antonio Chamber of Commerce here in San Antonio. All right, so I want to tell you about my friends over at Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. When you want to stay cool in the summer months, now is the time to act. Now is the time to get the work done on your AC system. I know we haven't had that first 100-degree day yet, but it's coming, and you know it as well as I do, right? So you want to make sure that Quarter Moon comes out. And when they come out, they send a certified tech out there that knows AC systems. Regardless of the brand name that's on yours, they know the system, and they'll be able to go through it, clean it up, tune it up, make sure it's ready to go for the hot summer months. If you ever have a plumbing problem, too, Send out a fully stocked truck with somebody who knows how to do the plumbing work at your home. If your front yard is a marshland because a pipe broke out front or you got something going on underneath the sink in the kitchen, don't worry about it. Just call our friends at Quarter Moon. They're there 24-7 to respond to you quickly. Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC at 210-651-5899. Breezy today. A thunderstorm is possible, 72. Cloudy tomorrow with another chance for rain at 81. Right now it's 66 at KTSA. Good morning. We do have a trouble spot on Calabra East. One. Yeah. 621 now. Trey Ware, KTSA with Cap Don Morgan. There's Jimmy T. And right over here is Elaine. Sing it, girl. Sunshine's going to be hard to come by the, the next couple of days. But it's going to be all right by the time we get to the weekend. Pretty much perfect weather by the time we get to Saturday and Sunday. I've told you many times that the climate cultists, it really is a religion for these people. And if humanity has to suffer and die, they really don't care. It is, it is a money-making, money-grubbing religion for them. They have found a way to make money off of innocent people around the world, and they do it every single day as a climate cultist. It is a religion. They have bowed their knee to the bale of the earth, and they're making the, the people at the top of the chain, whether it's Al Gore or any of the others, Joe Biden and the Biden family, they're making a ton of money off of the climate cult. That's what it is. It's a cult. And so, you know, the people, they don't care how many people are who, who, because it's the people in the middle and lower classes that are going to suffer the most from their rules, but they don't really care at all. You can die as far as they're concerned. So, well, that fixed it. We're talking about a uh, we're talking about a group that wants to take your car away because we're not going to be able to afford a vehicle that's going to cost between seventy and one hundred thousand dollars. We're just not. They know that, so they're trying to take your vehicle away. You you don't know how many businesses and local small mom and pop restaurants depend on uh, gas for their stoves or how many people's homes particularly in poorer older neighborhoods are all gas gas stoves a gas furnace gas everything to keep them warm and fed but the climate cultists they really don't care that you can't afford to retrofit your home with all the new latest electric items that they expect for you to have 
Same is true with your clothes washer. Oh, it uses water. You can't use water. So we got to get rid of your clothes washer. And the new clothes washers are going to cost about three times what they cost today. And on and on it goes. And they're just issuing rules without Congress approval at all. So it's bad enough going after your car and your washer and everything else in your home and everything else about your life. But how about we go after your food? Cut number three, Mayor Eric Adams in New York. He is a climate cultist. It's your food we got to get rid of. One in every five metric tons of carbon dioxide our city emits comes from food. But all food is not created equal. The vast majority of food... Uh, that is contributing to our emission crisis lies in meat and dairy products. We already know that a plant plant power diet is better for your physical and mental health, and I am living proof of that. Bullcrap. But the reality is that thanks to this new inventory, we're finding out it is better for the planet. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. So... You just get to suffer, and all you ranchers that raise cattle, and all you poultry farmers, all of y'all get to suffer and go out of business because you shouldn't be eating milk. You shouldn't be eating dairy. Now, this is what the climate cultists believe. They're also animal cultists. You shouldn't eat a cow. That's just cruel, man. What's wrong with you? Never mind the fact that God put them here for us to consume and said so in the Bible. But there's one interesting take on all this, actually two that I can come up with. It was just announced yesterday that they want to get rid of rice because rice causes a lot of methane. They want to get rid of rice. Do you know how many poor people depend on rice every day? Poor. I'm talking about poor, 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 poor. For for us, rice is kind of, you know, we're going to have Spanish rice or we're going to have Louisiana rice or we're going to, you know, for us, rice is one thing. It's kind of like a side dish, man, like beans are a side dish. But, you know, for a lot of people on this planet, rice is all they got because rice is cheap. It's cheap to grow. It's cheap to harvest. And there's it's plenteous. So two days ago, the climate cultists said, we got to get rid of rice because rice is expelling methane into the atmosphere and it's killing the planet. We got to get rid of rice, but you know it's really weird when they do a push me pull me thing because here's an interesting take on what Eric Adams is pushing now as a climate cultist, and they're all pushing this. Let's get rid of the cows. Let's get rid of the chickens. No meat. In fact, we're going to grow it in a laboratory. Do you know who has come up with the laboratories to grow meat in the laboratory? I'll, I'll just tell you, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. So this time next year. You're going to be eating chicken that was grown in a laboratory. But Bill Gates is also, now listen, they're paying close attention, pay close attention because what they're pushing now is to get rid of all meat products and you're supposed to do a plant diet. You just heard the climate cultist, the mayor of New York say so. Who is the number one owner of farmland in America? Do you know? Bill Gates. Bill Gates. When he left Microsoft, he started to buy farmland, and he's the number one holder of farmland, square acres, in America. Isn't it interesting now that politicians who are on the take, like America, Mayor Eric Adams and others, are now going to push to get rid of beef and poultry and other meats and push you toward a plant diet, all to pad the pocketbook 
of one Bill Gates. As I always say, you got to follow the money. I want to tell you about my friends over at Window World and Martin Bamba. I've known Martin now almost 40 years in the radio business, and you can hear him weekends here on KTSA. What a great businessman. Years ago, when Nancy and I started to look at new windows for our home, he was one of the first that we called. Now, we did our due diligence, and we called others, but everything pointed straight back to Window World. Not only the price, but the beauty and the E rating, the, the energy rating from these windows, absolutely phenomenal. And now my neighbors are all putting window world windows in their homes. But they're not just windows. They do a great job with their exterior siding as well. Since 1947, the Bomba family has been selling outstanding siding for homes and doors, too, here in San Antonio. So whether it's windows or siding or doors, you, you get a, a great deal, a wonderful price, and the best products available. And that's all from Window World. Find out more by logging on to their website at windowworldtx.com. Hi, Trey Ware here. Do you know I've been around a Kumail County Commissioner Jen Crownover sends this, another angle on Prop A. The tourism industry offsets the property taxes for local residents. Same thing I tell local residents. Your property taxes are low because of tourism. If you like low taxes, hug a tourist. Locals will be compounded by the exodus of businesses and uh, plummeting of tourism dollars. The expense in the government budgets won't uh, won't change. That's exactly right. Uh, so, yeah, your, your property taxes and probably be looking at a, a state income tax as well is something that they would be pushing for, and that could be part of the point on this, too. Thank you, Jen, for sending that over. Uh, let's see here. Some of the texts that have been coming in flying in the door here. Uh, the lease on this planet and the inbred mongoloid royals, the United States, World Health Organization, Bill Gates of the world, can go to hell in a red grocery store handbasket. <laughs> That's from Mad Anthony. Talk about no more cows, no more milk. Funny how a dairy farm caught on fire. And it's a government investigation as to why we will never find out. How sad. And you're absolutely right. Whoever you were that texted that in, you're absolutely right. Never going to find out why. You're never going to see the shoot Nashville trans shooters manifesto either. That's how the government works. And I've said for a long time, and I've heard some other people start to say this too, if you want to see the future of America, start looking to our north, not out to our west. Everybody looks to California thinking that that's where everything gets started, and that's true. But i got to tell you, what Canada is doing is what they're importing into the United States. In the story of Nathaniel Pulowski, he's 23 years old. He faces fines and possible prison time for what? Preaching and Bible reading outside a library hosting drag queen sex show for kids in Canada. His pastor father, by the way, arrested numerous times during COVID for keeping his church open, refusing to close it. But now you're not allowed to, and here's the interesting thing about it. Young Nathaniel at 23 just went and preached outside of a library and read his Bible outside of a library, and they arrested him, gave him a ticket, said he faces uh, prison time for reading a Bible and, and, and preaching outside of a library. They're not supposed to have these protests where the drag queens are. You can't get within 100 feet of a drag queen and say anything negative about a drag queen in Canada. That's the reality of a, of a law that they just passed. But here's what's interesting about this. When he was preaching and reading his Bible, the other side, the pro-tranny, the pro-drag queen side, they showed up and they were hollering and screaming and making noise against Nathaniel, uh, Nathaniel Pulaski, the preacher. 
they weren't cited. They weren't arrested. They don't face fines and jail time. They're just fine. So this is what's coming to our country. This will be what we see here. If we all make it out alive, last night on Tucker, Elon Musk was talking about AI, something I've been talking about for months, a blessing and a curse. My dad gave me this ability to see into the future and to see what was going on, project where we were headed as a nation and and as a society and business as well. And I've been talking about AI for months on end, and I know people just go, they glaze over, their eyes get glassy. They're like, what? I don't get it. I don't understand. I understand that. It's hard to wrap your, your head around it. But one year from now, even before then, but one year from now, we're going to be living a vastly different life. And Elon Musk on, uh, on Tucker's show last night was talking quite a bit about it and was trying to help people understand. So let's go with the first cut here, Jimmy, on Elon explaining the various options concerning uh, AI. Go ahead. The, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety. And at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, What did he say about it? He really seemed to be um, one, one, one sort of... A digital superintelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that? Yes. He's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence or artificial superintelligence. So Larry Page, who Elon was living with for a while, called him a specious. But we'll, we'll, we'll get into that some more. And also what Sundar Pichai, who is the uh, CEO of Google, here's more from Elon last night. No, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be helpful leather. It's just go, you know, barreling forward and, you know, hope for the best. You can't just do that. And he's, again, pushing for regulation about this. And he is now going to start a third AI. He started the first one just to see where it could go, not knowing that it was going to be taken over by Google. And Microsoft has the other one. And now he's going to form a third one called uh, Truth. GPT. So here is some more of Elon. And then at one point, uh, I said, well, what about, you know, we're going to make sure humanity's okay here. Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, uh, and then he called me a specious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did, he use, did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. I wasn't the only one there when he called me a specious. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've, yes, I'm a specious. Okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully specious. Um, busted. Um, so um, that was the last roll. At the time, uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind, and so Google and DeepMind together had about three quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money. So that's uh, Elon on with Tucker last night. If you want to do something kind of interesting, you might go back and look at Ray uh, Kurzweil's book, The Singularity is Near. They call it singularity, where human life 
is irreversible transformed by technology that's smarter than humans, okay? The melding of humans with, with technology. Man and machine actually coming together. They call it singularity. And if you want to, this is how these people think, if you want to defend mankind, humankind, humans in this between AI and humans, well, then you're just a specious. You're standing up for the species, and you shouldn't do that. You should just come along and meld with the technology that's out there, a technology that the Google CEO says this will be more powerful for humankind than the discovery of fire or electricity. Now, I've told you many, many times that this is going to impact our lives in ways you're never going to be able to project. Basically, what happened here, God created man, and he breathed in man a living soul, and you have a conscience. You you know down deep inside the difference between right and wrong. You don't always follow the, the difference between right and wrong, but you know it down deep inside. C.S. Lewis said it best in Mere Christianity. And now man has created a living being in AI. I know it sounds really weird, but that's exactly what's happened here. But there's no way to breathe a soul into this living being called AI. It's going to be much more powerful, a zillion times smarter than human beings, and it will not have the morals that human beings have. The able being able to to differentiate right from wrong at this point all you can do is when it enters your life whether it's through your robot that's sucking up the trash on your floor (laughs) or wherever don't personalize it don't name it don't give it a personality treat it like what it is treat it like it is a machine and not a living thing if you're going to beat this down the road 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Friends at Amogee Bank are here for your family, whether it's your family's personal business or whether you've got a family-run business. You know, we talk a lot about that here on this show is uh, considering a, a family-run business. I, I have a, a lot of friends be, because Nancy and I have a family-run business and always have. I've been in business since I was six years old in the family-run business and grew up uh, having family businesses. And, uh, and and I got to tell you, one of the smartest things you can do if you're going to have a successful family-run business is to have a banker who understands family-run business. And there's no better banker than David McGee and his team at Amogee Bank. They have taken the time to study family-run business in Texas. They know what works. They know what doesn't work. And they can help you learn those principles of success for your family-run business and, of course, One of the most solid and well-run banks in all of America, so they have the funding, they have the money, and I have faith, trust, and confidence in what they're doing. That's where my money is, and my money's on Amogee for your success. Amogee N.A., member FDIC, equal housing lender. Dave Ramsey here, the only place I recommend for hard With Trey Ware, appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. And the pledge line is 210-654-5155, 654-5155. You can leave your pledge on there and listen for your voice on the radio. 651 now, uh, Trey KTSA. In a hypothetical matchup between Joe Biden and Ron DeSantis in Arizona and Pennsylvania. I like these polls better than I do the national polls, by the way. I like the state by state because it shows you the ground game that's going on in various states. So this is Arizona and Pennsylvania. The Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, comes out on top and beats Ron DeSantis. 
It also shows, or Ron DeSantis beats Joe Biden. Sorry about that. Slip up. Biden would beat Trump in a head-to-head contest in Arizona and Pennsylvania, according to this. This is public opinion strategies who put this together. Meanwhile, a rear clear politics average of polls showing that Donald Trump has a commanding lead over all the potential 2024 GOP rivals. Speaking of Pennsylvania, their senator that was cheated into office, by the way, so the Democrats would have that 51 to 49 majority. Talk about John Fetterman, who, you know, clearly should never, ever have been allowed to even run for that office. His brain, his mental capacity, his physicality, all affected by that stroke. God bless him. But, you know, there's just some things that some people cannot do. There's some careers that because of your physical or mental limitations, you are kept from doing that career. And being a United States senator, John Fetterman obviously did not have the physicality or the mental capabilities of being able to execute that office. But the Democrats, they really didn't care. All they wanted was that number so that they could overpower the Republicans in the Senate and have the majority in the Senate of 51 to 49. So they cheated up there. They worked their little magic, as they always do with their ballot harvesting, etc. All the little games that they play that Republicans will not play And they end up winning with John Fetterman becoming the senator. And immediately after taking the pictures, looking dazed and confused on day one by placing his hand on some book to take the oath of office, he disappears into Walter Reed uh, Army Hospital up there uh, to get treatment for what we're told. What we're told now, and the reason I say what we're told is because I don't believe a thing that comes out of Washington, D.C. I'm not stupid. And, you know, the old South Texas saying is, do me once, shame on you, do me twice, shame on me. So I don't believe a thing that Washington says. So, I look, I don't believe he was in for depression. I think he's got a whole lot of other issues that he faces. But anyway, long story short, apparently, and again, I don't believe everything, so apparently he ends up back at the Senate yesterday at the Capitol. And he looked like crap. What an embarrassment embarrassment to the people of pennsylvania and the people of the united states of america he looked like grade a crap if i could say the other word on the radio i would because that's exactly what he looked like he got out of that suv and he's standing there and he's got the stupid uh, workout sweatshirt hoodie that he cannot take off i think he has the same one he only's got he only has one and he's got those long, ratty-ass shorts that it looks like they were long warm-ups at one time. He just took scissors and cut them, cut them off you know, right at the knee. Looked like crap. He could barely stand up. He can barely walk. And he makes his way back into the United States Capitol and the Senate to be what they tell us is to carry out his duties as a senator. Look like absolute, unmitigated crap. Now, look, there are days when I don't look all, my best either, but this guy is consistently looking like that. And by the way, I'm not a United States senator. We, the people, should demand decorum from our people up there, even though they are a bunch of liars and thieves. But as Ronald Reagan said, don't you ever come into this Oval Office without a jacket on. Ever. Hard cash is on its way out. And so are your freedoms. Card payments have taken over cash in the U.K. due to online purchases. Digital payments are now growing. 
The U.K. is moving away from hard cash to digital currency. Now the U.K. is saying that they'll get rid of hard cash very, very soon, sooner than what most people believe. By the way, that's going to happen here, too. I think it's going to... I think you can stand by for some pretty interesting announcements concerning digital currency out of the Fed and hard cash here in the United States sometime this summer, sometime after June. I think we're going to start hearing a lot more about digital currency in the United States. What's happening right now, and, and this is kind of off in the weeds, but I'll, I'll keep it from getting out there, the world is moving away from the dollar as the standard. As that happens, the dollar becomes worth less until it's worthless. And then everything that you buy with the dollar in America, the prices skyrocket. Inflation quadruples overnight when the dollar plummets. And that's exactly what we're seeing happen now. China is leading the way by moving countries off of the dollar as their standard currency. So the Fed and the Treasury Department are trying to get their heads together and pull them out and figure out what they're going to do for a currency for the United States when the almighty dollar doesn't work anymore. It'll be a digital dollar that they're heading toward. That's what the banking crisis that we've been going through is all about. And when you have a digital dollar, then they control, not you, they control what you buy, when you buy it, where you buy it, how you buy it, and all those other kind of things. You're not in the ultimate control of your digital currency because it's not anything you hold in your hand like right now, you got a dollar in your hand. You can decide where, when, and how, and on what you want to spend that dollar. But if they have the control through a digital currency, then you don't have the freedom of those kinds of decisions. Where and Rima coming up next, KTSA. The Ramsey Reality Check is brought to you by...